Hello everybody, this is Zachary Kameen, the Curious Christian. These are Curious Conversations. Just wanted to welcome you to um, this Curious Conversation podcast. Uh, right now, about half the Kameen clan is awake. The other half is still very much asleep. It's very early, but yet uh, two of my daughters are very much like their dads and can't sleep past four. Uh, and they're very excited about it, especially my uh, one-year-old. Uh, and today, just want to let you know how this is going to be going. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, two things. One is a Greek slogan. It was on the uh, Temple of Apollo, so it was on most of the temples, which is to know thyself. And at the same time, also the command for, um, or given by our Lord, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, and I want to uh, take the Greek slogan, which is a uh, natural law inference. Uh, philosophers and uh, priests of the ancient uh, Western civilization, if you want to call it civilized, uh, recognized the need to know yourself. And uh, the Lord... Uh, in his special revelation, reveals to us our uh, need to uh, love our neighbor as ourself. And the only way to love your neighbor as yourself is to know who you are and then also to know who your neighbor is so that so as to be able to love them as yourself. Uh, I walk through uh, knowing yourself as a sinner and then at the same time, and or knowing yourself as a sinner in your sin um, and what does that look like so that you can see your neighbor as a sinner in their sin? Uh, forgive me about that. My one-year-old is banging away, which is perfectly fine. Uh, and uh, we go into infirmities. We go into uh, uh, image bearer of God. We go into uh, many things, and I hope you really do enjoy uh, this episode as it will most definitely help you in your curious conversations uh, day in and day out uh, as you strive to uh, get to know people who uh, do not agree with you, as you strive to um, have controversial um, conversations, but in a curious way, so as to uh, bring forth uh, better conversations or curious conversations. Uh, God bless you guys, God bless your conversations, and as always, uh, drink some coffee and come to Jesus. There were two principles of which those who were of the ancient Greek societies, I mean obviously during their time they didn't see themselves as ancient, but you know, Athenian society, Greek society, they seen themselves as superior to all other places, and they had two guiding principles of life. Uh, one is know yourself, know thyself. So you as an individual need to know yourself. Secondly, is to honor the gods. Uh, and we talked a bit on the last episode. If you haven't watched the last episode, I would strongly encourage you to on the Four Laws of Thoughts, where I talk about it a bit. But today I want to uh, 
focus on the first of the two uh, of those statements, which is know thyself. Uh, and when you're having conversations with people, uh, preferably real people, not just uh, pictures on a screen, but face-to-face interactions, uh, letters, you should, we should definitely get back to writing letters, uh, talking on the phone, that'd be nice as well. Uh, and these the face-to-faces interactions can be between co-workers, friends, family, uh, superiors, inferiors, uh, co-workers, and uh, people at church. And the importance of the first principle, know thyself, is supremely important in the day-to-day talks. Uh, and I would see it as equal to uh, the honor the gods statement. Now, in scripture, there's a similar uh, statement, uh, which is why you know, natural law, uh, scripture teaches that natural law and natural revelation, uh, God created nature, God created the universe, and so it, and he has put he has created in such a way that it points back to him, points true things out, and so we can glean from such things. Certainly there is a corruption to the fall, or corruption because of the fall, and so it's difficult to uh, get it straight, but uh, that's why God in his kindness also gave a special revelation to help clear things up. Special revelation gives us the knowledge of uh, two main laws of which all the other laws of God um, hinge. The first one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, which is paralleled with uh, honor the gods. Well, there is only one God, which is why I made the point that natural revelation can only get you so far. It can possibly get you to, they only made it to polytheism. Uh, I would actually say that they started with one God and had corrupted it to the point of believing that there were multiple gods. Uh, Plato believed that there was one god with just, uh, that he was just confused or uh, he was split in his feelings and desires or what have you. Or just, we don't truly know who God is and he's too transcendent, yada, yada, yada. Uh, But then the second law, the one that we're going to focus on, that helps understand also to know thyself is to love your neighbor as yourself which is really helpful in conversations it's not enough to love your neighbor it's not enough just to love yourself but you must one know who you are know in what ways you love yourself and then seek to do similarly for your neighbor and so I'm hoping that in this episode in this uh, segment especially Uh, we will be able to uh, get closer to uh, that uh, foothold, get closer to that uh, desired result. At the start of this segment, I do want to apologize on the uh, delay between uh, episodes uh, with work and whatnot it has been a little bit more difficult than it used to be with my old job 
to do these episodes plus having three kids also uh, makes it a little bit more difficult because they like to wake up at the same time as me so I can't do all the segments all at the same time as I used to I have to do them in shorter segments also uh, learning how to uh, split up my thoughts in such a way to make these bite-sized segments is also been something I've been learning um, such as with this these segments I'd like them to be about five minutes long and obviously it matters not to you how long they are uh, but I do want to inform you that I am trying to uh, love you guys as myself I know that uh, I prefer my or segments of episodes or segment yeah the segments of a podcast episode to be about five minutes so that I can take breaks in them and so that's kind of where I'm landing right now because I want to love you as myself uh, and today you know I or in this uh, segment I want to focus in on learning to, about who uh, you are and the only way I can do that is explaining to you how I figure out who I am uh, one is by some introspection uh, just by who am I when I'm all by myself when I'm uh, going to the bathroom when I am uh, in my secret place where do I go well do I just search on my phone so that I'm not alone do I go onto Facebook so I can talk to people while I'm going to the bathroom do I call people do I text people uh, am I praying uh, who am I praying to what am I praying about is there something that I more commonly pray about over another thing uh, those are things, those are identifying markers that can easily um, lead me to uh, my identity, lead me to, that's an ex examination that can easily lead me to getting an idea of who I am. Uh, do I look at pornography when I go to the bathroom or when I uh, am all by myself? Do I think about other women or am I being faithful to my wife? Uh, am I seeking to hook up with uh other women other than my wife right so those are in if I was to say yes to those then those would show me to be of an adulterous nature and then it leads to the next question well how would I want to be interacted with knowing that um, I'm being unfaithful to my wife uh, how w would I want to be confronted how should I confront myself uh, what words would it take to wake me up from my stupor so that Christ can shine down on me and awake from my sleep, awake, O sleeper, and Christ shall shine down on you, as, it's, uh, as the apostle says. Uh, what would it take to wake me up? And I seek to do that. And when I seek to do that, let me... If I say, well, it would take taking a sledgehammer to me, you know, really hard, really blunt words. Well, I'll use those really blunt words myself, or I'll ask my friends to use really blunt, blunt words to call me out on uh, specific sins or on, you know, this sin or that sin. And I often ask, okay, well, does that work? Did that work? Am I still continuing in that certain sin? If I say yes, well, then clearly that didn't work, you know. Then I need to try something else. Uh, seeking the Lord's guidance on it, praying, asking for the Holy Spirit to remove the sin from my life, asking for the great physician to 
pluck out the plank out of my own eye. Uh, you know, seeking to be able to see further, see better my own sin and getting out of it. Uh, those are things uh, that will um, help me understand who I am. What kind of man am I? What kind of man do I want to be? Obviously, I want to be like Jesus. But where, when I put me and Jesus next to each other, where do I fall short? And it's not just so simple to say, well, everywhere. But I must be specific. I must look at the specific sins specifically. Where am I better? Where am I worse? Uh, focusing on the bad parts, but not neglecting the uh, better parts to fill in the cracks so they don't become gaping holes uh, that the enemy can easily get a foothold in. Uh, those are things that I need to focus on. The reason why I'll explain in a couple segments from now, but it is important for me to first understand who I am as a sinner, uh, focusing in on that uh, information, focusing in on who I am uh, as a person uh, and as a sinner in this instance. Uh, next segment, I'll talk about just the idiosyncrasies. But at this point, I want to. I just wanted to mention: giving it is good to write up an account of the sins you struggle with, and you know that they're sins because you know that Jesus didn't struggle with them. So, uh, those are things you need to look at. Those are things that I look at, and those help you get a good idea, a good broad stroke idea of who you are as a person. talking to somebody do you have a tendency to stutter do you have a tendency to not allow for empty space in the conversation do you not allow for a moment to think things like that would be saying um or like or you know what I'm saying things of this nature they're what we call filler words. They are unhelpful in one sense. They're often, I think, put into there, especially in an argument or in a debate or in a speech or what have you, so as to give the veneer or the varnish or the illusion of authority, the illusion of uh, strength and force, but I have noticed that it is not very helpful. It's something that I've struggled with, but have sought to avoid. I'd rather just have a blank spot in the conversation, in my speech, rather than throwing in a bunch of ums and a lot of likes, or a lot of you know what I'm saying, things of that nature. It keeps the conversation flowing, gives my uh, listener less information to have to dive into or to try to interpret. That being said, there are many 
speech makers, many wordsmiths, many preachers that I've listened to that do such this, especially in the black church. It is almost demanded that they hear a stuttering preacher where a a preacher will be in the midst of talking and they'll be stopped on one word and say the word over and over again. For example, they'll be like, 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 and then they'll finish the sentence. And part of it is, I think, or at least I thought, was them trying to stress that word. But sometimes they would do it on words that had no need for stress, so I didn't understand it. I think that the person just had a stuttering problem. Still a great preacher, but I think that that was a hindrance. I think that his 45-minute sermon would have been a 30-minute sermon if he didn't have that uh, repetition speech. But the point is not to say that, oh, he definitely needs to get rid of it. He has a, a fruitful ministry and is doing rather well and God has been blessing his ministry that I'm referring to I don't want to mention him because I'm not a huge fan of everything about him and I don't want to come off as fully endorsing him but I assume that you have met speakers, preachers uh, teachers who have struggled with this and I would say don't beat them up but I'm pointing this out because these are what we call infirmities. These are not sins. That's why I say I don't beat them up. I don't say, hey, you need to fix that big time. I will say you, should, you as the listener of this podcast, should probably try to fix it as I try to fix it. But it's not a sin to stutter. It's not a sin to uh, have uh, areas, areas in your speech that you could work on. But there are definitely areas that you need to work on. Now, there can be a point where your speech gets to what's called an effeminate level, which is a sin. Uh, Scripture uh, condemns, the Bible condemns, soft men. And so we should seek to not be soft men in our speech, no matter what your gender is. But we should be strong, we should be sincere, and we should be clear in all of our speech. Therefore, when we're dealing with uh, conversations, especially about hard topics, allow for the dead space, especially if it's controversial ones. Now, you may be afraid, and rightly so, that the person that you're debating or having the conversation with uh, will take advantage of the silence. Oh, sorry about that. Will take advantage of the silence and cut you off to make their point, which is fine, just when that happens, realize that they've done it, mention it to them that they've done it, let them know that why you paused instead of continuing for a second there, and say that you wanted to make sure that your mouth didn't go faster than your brain. And you wanted to make sure that you were speaking clearly and concisely and sincerely at all times without sounding arrogant or rude. The reason to do that is because it makes them seem like they were being 
arrogant and rude and it usually gets you the platform back just something to consider next i want to talk on the last segment about uh, knowing god the reason why i say that is because we're image bearers of god and so in order to know thyself and also to know thy neighbor you need to know thy god the lord thy god uh, and it's because the more that you know who God is allows for you to know who you are and the more that you love that God the more that you love yourself to whom you bear the image of and to whom your neighbor bears the image of it makes it easier to love thy neighbor and to speak with thy neighbor and that will be something we will do in the next segment controversial aspects of knowing yourself and also knowing your neighbor is understanding that you and your neighbor bear God's image. Uh, the reason why is it's controversial is most people who you will talk to uh, will certainly uh, believe this. And, well, scratch that. Technically only one third of the world claim to believe this and so there's a high chance that uh, two out of three people that you talk to will not believe this uh, statistically speaking and that is uh, Muslims would not believe this uh, you know, atheists Buddhists Hindus uh, none, none, none. Uh, only the Christians would uh, but you so assuming Christian worldview, which is the only thing I can assume, uh, me presupposing that uh, the Christian worldview is correct, uh, compels me to determine that being made in the image of God uh, causes me to bring dignity um, to bear in my life to live a dignified way and also to call my neighbor to live a dignified life uh, to have a conversation in a dignified way uh, of which would glorify God and to honor him Uh, so uh, I have to mind my words Uh, when, when you're talking to somebody understanding that they are made in the image of God uh, and are held accountable for how they uh, steward that image Uh, you want to be careful you one want to mind your own words but you also want to help your neighbor mind their words in the conversation Uh, you want to keep them from blaspheming because God will certainly not honor the conversation when his name is being blasphemed a conversation that honors him even if it's not directly like a theological debate uh, but can still be blessed uh, if uh, you are discussing the topic whatever that topic may be in a way that glorifies him 
so keeping your speech pure, uh, being clear, uh, making certain that your words are without error, and certainly uh, with all that, uh, bringing God the glory, uh, and possibly even recognizing in the conversation that God alone gets the glory no matter who wins the argument. Uh, this is not easy to do, uh, for we easily like to set up idols. Uh, we like to be like, well, the reason why I won this argument, or, um, you know, the reason why I feel a sense of victory in the, after this discussion, because of, and if your answer isn't because of the grace of God, if your answer isn't, um, or the glory of God, if your answer doesn't glorify God in it, then uh, neither you or your opponent or the person you're talking to has really won or lost anything, for in fact, both of you are the losers. Uh, God must be glorified in the conversation, uh, or else there will not be true satisfaction from the conversation. Uh, you will not be free to have these curious conversations with your neighbors, with your friends, with your loved ones, uh, with your fellow churchmen, uh, if God is not getting the glory, even in the midst of hard press debate. Uh, when it comes to uh, debates about abortion, recognizing that uh, the baby is an image bearer of God, you are an image bearer of God, and also the um, person who is promoting the killing of the image bearer of God is themselves an image bearer of God. Uh, and so do not, um, in trying to call them to uh, recognize the dignity of human life, then not treat them in a dignified and holy way. Uh, keep in mind the proverb uh, do not uh, uh, fall in, or do not uh, rebuke your neighbor in their folly for you may fall into it yourself and at the same time rebuke your neighbor in, in his folly and you may gain your neighbor uh, so use wisdom uh, there, are, there may be times too uh, act in an undignified way in order to illustrate their indecency and their indignity. Uh, but you must use wisdom in it. You must be careful with it. Uh, don't be afraid to apologize when you, um, when God, the Holy Spirit, has convicted you of going too far. Um, and as always, uh, make sure that God gets the glory in it. Be sure that uh, you and uh, your uh, fellow conversator are um, being edified through it, even if that's through you tearing them down, but be sure to then seek to build them up again. Uh, let, let God use you, not just for the tearing down, but also for the building up. Uh, keep that in mind uh, in your conversations because this is highly important in recognizing who you are, who your neighbor is, and how you can love your neighbor as yourself.
guys, thank you again for tuning in to Curious Conversations. I really do hope that this helps you with your conversations with your neighbors, your loved ones, uh, with your uh, friends, with uh, co-workers and classmates uh, in a way of spurring on Curious Conversations, especially during these controversial times. Uh, let me know how your conversations go, how you incorporated uh, these um, lessons um, how you uh, work them out so as to uh, better uh, create a, a good environment for conversation. Uh, let me know um, how the other uh, person in the conversation reacted. Um, did you, you know, what were the changes that you added to your conversation tactics due to uh, loving your neighbor as yourself and also... Uh, you know, knowing who you are and then knowing who your neighbor is. Uh, you can do that by um, email me, uh, just ZacharyKameen at Yahoo.com. That is Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y-K-A-M-I-N at Yahoo.com. As well as looking me up on Twitter, spelled the same way, uh, just at Zachary Kameen. Uh I'm looking forward to the emails and the direct messages or the tags. Uh, so um, get your coffee, come to Jesus, be sure to have those curious conversations, and I'm looking forward to um, speaking with you again next time here on Curious Conversations.